0: Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shryeth. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 42 of amateur hour today we are joined by one of the amateur greats one of the great amateurs our friend our our expert analyst our basically movie star joe <laughs> sorallo is back on the show uh, he's here bringing some spicy takes joe thanks so much for being here
1: are you kidding me thank you guys for having me i, uh, I brought the energy i'm on the dan campbell diet four shots of espresso and ran a 5k so <laughs> let's get this thing going well, who's that?
0: I'm ready who's, to freaking go. going to bite some kneecaps getting? off yeah, today.
2: <laughs> bite some ankles, bite some kneecaps. <laughs>
0: All right, well, as per tradition, Joe, can you get the good vibes rolling and start us off with the weekly highs? The weekly highs.
1: Absolutely, weekly high, and uh, this may not say much. Maybe I've had a pretty shitty week for this to be the high, but Wednesday night, Maction took the over Toledo Bowling Green hitting the third quarter, I mean, uh, you know, bets don't get any more relaxing than that. Usually I'm like biting my nails, two-minute drill, the third quarter over, uh, you got to love the Mac.
2: (laughs) got to love the Mac attack. (laughs) Yeah,
1: either that or I'm a degenerate and I need to start going to GA meetings for betting on Wednesday night college football. But yeah, that's that's my weekly high, being able to kick my feet up and uh, actually stop watching that game because it was an awful football game.
0: All right. Well, Joe, let me ask you when you bet. Right. Because you've been doing a lot of betting. You have your own show right now um, that's focused on, you know, the picks of the week for NFL football. You do a lot of betting on college ball. When you bet, do you bet a lot of money? Or are you just putting like five dollars here, five dollars there? Like, no, so how, how bad is it?
1: <laughs> so it, it depends. Like my unit is 20 bucks. Um, okay. But, you know, every now and then you'll get a game that you like. You know, in my case, I call it on my show, my lock of the week. Right. So I've had nine locks of the week so far this year, and I'm eight and one. And oh, that's yeah. that's usually uh, that's usually a play that gets anywhere from one to 300 on it. So, wow. you know, like this week, it's it's the Rams Monday night minus four against San Fran. I saw that come down to minus three and a half. Absolutely love that. I mean, you've got the Rams. They're pissed off coming off an embarrassment on Sunday night football against the Derek Henry less Tennessee Titans. Right. Yeah. They added Odell. He's probably not going to play in this one but they added Von Miller a couple of weeks ago and he is going to play in this one. Sean McVay is going to pull the strings out for this one divisional divisional game against a great offensive mind in Shanahan. So I, I think the Rams are really juiced. Another primetime shot. It's my lock of the week.
0: Okay. So you're you're putting $20 down and you are high on the Rams. I mean, I can't I can't well, argue Well, that, with you. That,
1: that that's not a $20 play. That's my lock of the week. I I got 100 on the Rams. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh, my. Yeah.
1: Luck okay. of the week. You know, I'll get other games like Green Bay minus three. I saw that Rodgers was uh, Rodgers was playing. That was announced this morning. So Green Bay minus three. Take that. Made that a $100 play. So it, it really depends on how well I'm feeling the board. But most games will be 20 bucks like the action. You know, you never know what the hell's going to happen when Toledo and Bowling Green face off. That, that's a $20 play. I'm not going <laughs> to put a lot on that.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing with a lot of college football. I mean, there's been some surprises this year in terms of, you know, standing and, and who's who and who's going off. It's I, that's the reason why I can't bet because every time you think that a team is going to do well, then they lose by 12 and you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Like, look at, um, I think it was last Saturday, for example, right? Uh, had a teaser that I loved. Ohio state was minus 14 and a half against Nebraska. Baylor was minus seven at TCU actually love that. So I put 50 on the teaser. Uh, knocked Ohio State down to eight and a half. They end up sweating it out, win by nine. So that's a cover. And I'm like, great. Right. That was the sweat out. Now, Baylor minus one against TCU. It's a lock. Baylor was seven and one, and they fucking lose 30 to 28. Like, go figure that one. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, that, that's 50 down the drain, and that's one I was feeling really good about. But, yeah, college is, is super unpredictable. And, and I like to reason uh, reason that out by saying this. If you can't rely on an 18-year-old college freshman to get out of bed when his alarm goes off and make it to class at 10.30 in the morning on a Thursday? (laughs) How can you rely on them to cover a fucking spread?
0: (laughs) And we all know, for anybody who's been to university, college, community college, yeah, uh, that uh, Thursday uh, 9 a.m. class, You're not getting up.
1: No, it's not. Especially (laughs) a Friday 9 a.m. class. Forget about it.
0: No shot. Oh, forget about it. That's why, you know, I loved when you could build your schedule around not having Friday classes and every weekend you have a three day weekend. My God, there is no better feeling.
1: No, it's the best. It's what makes the first three years of college worth it. When you get to senior year and it's like, oh, it's Wednesday at noon. Time to start drinking. That is the best feeling ever. Either that, or again, I'm a degenerate. I mean, that's two possibilities that have led to me being a degenerate so far in the opening minutes of this show. So we'll see. All right, and
0: this is uh, Joe's Cry for Help podcast. Please, <laughs> <laughs> Joe's family and and friends, please call somebody. I'm um, working can...
1: twice. Send help,
0: someone.
2: This is actually an intervention for Joe. We didn't. We didn't tell him before we got on. But.
0: Hey, Joe, listen. We love you. Okay. <laughs> Shit, it's the third walk. one I've been to this week.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, what would you guys say was your hardest year of college?
1: Oh, Shrey, you take that one.
0: I would say. I would say my my
2: sophomore year. Mm. I was like, because I really wanted to get everything done early, mm. so I could kind of just like. Because I graduated a semester early, so I was like, I wanted to get everything done, and that was like a horrendous year. I had to take like all my science classes, like a physics, a bio, a, a biochem, like an orgo chem. Ridiculous! They're all. I was like, I was like in a bathroom in the fetal. <laughs> like it was ridiculous. It was, it was that now. Was, who's having a cry for help? Well, <laughs> that was like that was like my mentality. I was like, what 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 am I supposed to do around here? Uh, with all these with all these tough classes but you know it it made up for it because that senior year was uh felt pretty good when i didn't really have to do anything so all right yeah. now
1: now how am i supposed to follow that up right because i was gonna i'm thinking of my toughest uh toughest classes and I, and i'm like hmm theology like philosophy yeah. 201, like ethics. I mean, ethics for a guy like me, ethics is a tough, tough concept to grasp.
0: Morality 101.
1: Yeah. Like, Joe, do
0: you kill somebody? Yes or no? You're like, N-.
1: I'm like, it depends. Like, how bad did they look at you? I mean, <laughs> I <know.
0: laughs> did they talk to my girlfriend?
1: <laughs> what angle did they tilt their head when they were like staring at you across the bar? I mean, <laughs> and less than 30 degrees to degree, the right? <laughs>
2: 45 or under, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a knockout right there. 45 <laughs> or under,
1: it's game the fuck on. <laughs> yeah, I, All right. I, I think it was a tough concept for me to grasp. I, I think sophomore year was the toughest, though, because um, I had to balance a lot of traveling. So I missed a lot of classwork. That was my first Super Bowl trip, so I didn't really know what to expect. I was doing homework in my hotel in Minneapolis at like 3 a.m. and waking up at 7. Um also had march madness i was the beat writer that year we were down in dallas we lost to it was when we beat ucla in the first four then we lost to florida in the round of 64 in dallas and then i got the flu somewhere in between there and then after that was all done i ended up missing my last month of school uh with mono because i was being a man jesus and uh yeah ah the (laughs) circle
0: of life (laughs) yeah that mono landed
1: me in the hospital that year so it uh, was that that bad
0: jesus well i'm glad you're all right I yeah. think it not really, is not a joke. Am, I allowed, really a, am, so cool am I allowed
1: to say I'm call myself a survivor now? Or, or would that be misinterpreted? Uh you know,
0: yeah, Joe, tweet that and let's see what happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll get cancelled worse than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so speaking of um Mr. Rodgers, who <laughs> looks like he's been left out in the sun too long all year, uh, let's talk about him. Mr. Rogers was recently fined $14,000, which I understand for a lot of people conceptually, that's pocket change. Um, You know, when you look at a pro NFL player, MVP, absolute stud normally. Um, But he was just fined $14,000 for breach of COVID protocol. Now, Aaron Rodgers has revealed himself, has ousted himself to be, uh, quote unquote, unvaccinated, violating a lot of the league's rules. And uh, he's kind of in a little bit of hot water. Now he does have his girlfriend, fiance Shaylene Woodley, coming to his defense, uh, but a lot of people are not happy with this man. Now, gentlemen, let's talk about that. How are we feeling about Rodgers? Uh, where does he go? What's going on? I think it's it was irresponsible
2: of him and the team because you know they kept it under wraps. the The league was in on it, and only when he got COVID were they like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we should reprimand him." When for nine weeks, you knew he wasn't fully vaccinated. He wasn't masked at press conferences and he wasn't doing all the things that normal NFL players should be doing based on the rules and nothing was happening. And then only when he gets COVID and everyone gets like, you know, gives him this backlash. Mm. It, are you like, oh, yes, like this needs to happen. He needs to be shown, you know, who's the boss and everything. And it's it, it's very ridiculous uh, that the NFL like let it go on for so long. Also, that pat mcafee spot that he did was i don't know the most like exhausting thing that i've ever listened to if i can <laughs> say that
1: yeah well starting with that pat mcafee spot he did i mean that was a pr disaster right <laughs> going out there and saying you know I, i've consulted some experts in the field i talked to my good friend joe rogan, joe rogan about, <laughs> what the fuck is joe rogan an expert in i, I mean spot. joe rogan look I, I know he's a much more successful podcast host than the three of us but essentially We have the same credentials. We host podcasts. Like, give me a break. You're going to talk to Joe Rogan about alternative treatments for COVID. Here's my thing. I'm not mad at Aaron Rodgers because he's unvaccinated. Do I think everyone should be vaccinated? Yes. Am I pro-vax? Very. But you've got other guys in the league, Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, Lamar Jackson, who are unvaccinated. And that's just big name quarterbacks. There's a ton of other players. Cole Beasley, who's been more of a prick about the whole uh, debate. But a lot of guys in the NFL are not vaccinated, and that's okay. At the end of the day, even though I disagree with it, it is a personal choice. Here's where Aaron Rodgers is a jerk, and where his privilege is just oozing out, and it's not mm. following league-wide COVID protocols. Going to press conferences without a mask on, being at the team facility without a mask on, uh, you know, exposing others so selfishly because you think you're on the MV- uh, you you're the MVP, so you're up on your high horse. You He's think the MVP of COVID, everyone. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, McAfee called him out on it. He said, Look, you're statistically having a great season. And not too many of you guys are going to be voting for you to win the MVP this year. You know, right. and, and, you know, remember, you have to be likability is a factor there. I don't know how big of a factor it is, but you're asking the writers to vote for you. And I could tell you this much Adam Shine, who's one of the, you know, award voters, he ain't voting for Aaron Rodgers after the soul debacle. You know, mm. if it's a close race, Those votes are going to go to Kyler Murray, to Lamar Jackson. They ain't going Aaron Rodgers. So he just, he really made himself a villain by the way he handled this. You can be unvaccinated. That's okay. Follow the league-wide protocols. You are not above everyone else in the league just because you're a better player, a bigger name, you know, what have you. And also, just regarding the fine, $14,000. I mean, C.D. Lamb wow. got fined. C.D. Lamb
0: got fined more for a jersey violation. He got yeah. fined $15,000 for a jersey violation because it came untucked.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It, untucked jersey is, on two straight plays got him fined more than Rodgers. Give me a break. That That's not an Aaron Rodgers issue. That's a league issue. But that is absolutely asinine.
0: No, and, and Joe, I, I think you make a good point, right? Because a lot of guys, they have their own reasons for why they will or will not get vaccinated. But it's about the, the, the violation of protocols, but also the deception. To act like you were, you know, totally fine, that you were following all the rules, that you were vaccinated, and then it, to right. come out and just be like, oh, oh, well, um, actually, yeah, yeah no, I'm not. You know, like that, to just lie to everybody. And like you said, expose people who didn't need to be exposed. You know, that's that's the real issue. Because if he had come out at the beginning of the season, like a lot of the other players did, and just said like, hey, this is my decision. This is what I'm going to do. I can wear a mask at press conferences. That's fine. Yep. But to act like you were... The cream of the crop, and you were following all the rules, and then all of a sudden you get literally exposed. I just
1: bad, bad look for you. Awful, awful. And here's another issue I have with what Rogers did because he can defend himself and say, "Well, no, I said in the in the preseason press conference when they asked if I was vaccinated, I said I was immunized. I didn't say vaccinated." And you know, he's blaming the reporters. <laughs> he's like, "Well, why didn't anyone follow up?" You know, as a really good gaslighter myself, that was a gaslighting 101 technique. To use a play on words to justify a lie or to get rid of a, a really bad comment that you made. First off, when they asked him if he was vaccinated, he said, yeah. First word out of his mouth was yeah. So right there, that's where he lied. But then he said, yeah, I'm immunized. And he's expecting at that point the reporters to follow up with the question. Look, maybe someone should have and said, hey, can you clarify what you mean by immunized uh, to really catch him in the lie? But at the end of the day, point blank, the first word out of his mouth when he was asked if he was vaccinated was, yeah. And then he deflected and said, yeah, I'm immunized.
0: So so I think it's a reporter issue then. You know, we just need better press, I think, is what we're taking away from this. Uh, yeah, we that need our reporters. news media is
1: really awful out there. <laughs> you know, Rogers, it was a lie. It was perfect gaslighting technique, which part of me wants to applaud him for. Part of me really wants to dismiss him for. Hey, hey, hey,
0: hot boy Joe. Come on. It's all right.
1: <laughs> I didn't say I wanted a relationship. I said I'd think about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> when no, you ask
0: I mean, me, what are we? I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, no, we're, um,
1: yep, uh-huh. Yeah, what are we? Well, we're made up of molecules. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and look, Rogers is a really smart guy, and usually the best gaslighters are really smart people, but he handled this whole uh, this whole situation like an idiot, so I expected more from the Cal Berkeley grad.
0: And I just want to let everybody know that he is slated to play on Sunday.
1: So bet the Packers minus three.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I wanted to specifically talk about like the disservice that it was to his team. Like regarding he he missed a game. That's a crucial game that he missed. He made Jordan Love go out there and look like a damn fool. Right. They lost (laughs) a game. And at the end of the day, like he knows the rules for people that are unvaccinated and how like strict they are and that you have a longer time that you need to test and you need to stay out and make sure that you like, aren't uh, you don't have COVID symptoms and it like it happened. He missed a game and it could happen again. Every time that he, you know, gets in close contact, he's going to go through these protocols again. And I mean, obviously if he doesn't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. It doesn't mean that he can't also, you know, be above the rule that is in place for unvaccinated people, and that's going to just put in being a de facto leader of your team. He's not yeah. gonna, he's not gonna uh, be out there if this happens again. That's the same thing that we were talking about when Cam Newton got uh, COVID over the off season, and like it's just, it's just a risk that you take going into the season, knowing okay, this is your starting quarterback. If this happens during the season and he can't play a game. Then you know you don't know what game that's going to be. If that's going to be a very important game, that like you, that's too much of a risk to handle for a team. He, I feel like he just wasn't responsible enough, even though he wasn't vaccinated. and That's fine. That's a personal choice. But right,
1: yeah. that ended up being probably the second or third most important game on Green Bay's schedule that right. he happened to miss. I, I mean, you know that game. Everyone had that game marked on their calendars preseason. Like it, mm. it was a game that shouldn't have happened. It was the extra seventeenth game because. The Packers, I believe, are slated to face the AFC North this year. Um, so mm-hmm. that game was the extra bonus game, and it was one everyone had circled. And then straight to your point, Jordan Love goes out there and shows everyone why Brian Gutekunst is the biggest idiot of a GM <laughs> in the league. Hey, Jordan Love wasn't worth a third-round pick, let alone a first-round pick. I mean, he just absolutely, absolutely embarrassed himself, hurt the Green Bay Packers. Not only that, hurt my fantasy team where Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback. And I was forced to pick up Jordan Love last week and start oh. him. And then I lose by five points. I had a four-game winning streak. I lost oh. by five uh, points because Jordan uh, Love was my quarterback. That's five uh, mean, You know, uh. call me selfish, but Aaron Rodgers, fuck you. No, that's pain. That's pain. I feel that pain. <laughs> uh, and to make things worse, my team name is the Jordan Lover Boys.
0: Oh. Uh. 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 <laughs> uh. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh. <laughs>
1: this, is <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> this is Pain Episode
0: Part 2. This is Pain Episode Part 2. Yeah. Well, I just, you can't, I mean, yeah, sure. You bring up a great point. It's it's you're, you're costing your team. Ultimately you're, you you know, you're hurting people in the league and it just creates a big mix up. But speaking of those mix ups, right. Let's talk about a team who is shuffling things possibly for the better. And that's the LA Rams, right? The LA Rams came into the season just with a stacked roster. I don't know how, But they somehow finessed the entire Detroit Lions organization in giving up Matt Stafford for an absolute, like, just whatever he is, whatever Jared Goff is. Um, (laughs) Fleece of the century. In addition to that, they have a stacked receiving core. They have fantastic players. They have really solid defense. And now they made a trade for well, and they picked up OBJ off of free agency. So just when you thought that they couldn't get any better, they continue to add big names to their roster. Do you feel like this helps the Rams or do you feel like this is just like more offensive potency that they didn't need and potential for contract issues next year?
2: I think I, I, I don't think this makes too much of a difference. I think obviously when you're, whenever a big name like OBJ moves teams, uh, it, it creates headlines right he's a big personality he's he's had stellar seasons in the past but over the past 2 years you know obj has had career low uh receptions and he, he he's not the same player he was especially since after the acl injury i think this is more of an insurance policy the same way you know like the chiefs went out and got josh gordon like they're not going to put Obj in too many sets, especially considering Van Jefferson is clearly a better player than he is right now. Uh, so this is more, I think, like if a Higby or a Van Jefferson got hurt, you know, Obj is going to play a little more. People are going to have to to cover him, mm. and it's just a name. Like you can't let him open. He's still a professional wide receiver, right? But he's just not that player anymore. So uh, is he washed? Is he washed? At this point, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he's coming back. Is he washed?
1: I have to disagree there. I I do not think Odell is washed. And and I agree with a little bit of what you said there, Shrey. that, you know, this is to some degree an insurance policy. Look, the Rams don't need (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr. to make the Super Bowl. They don't. But he just expands their arsenal on the offensive side of things so much because of his versatility. There's no debating. Odell was a total bust in Cleveland, right? His first year there, he barely scratched the 1,000-yard mark. Didn't even come close to it the last two years. Complete, utter, total bust. Not debating that. But well, was
0: it on that Joe? Just real quick, was that yeah. OBJ's fault or was that Mayfield's fault?
1: I gotta be. It's I gotta like, be honest here. I mean, I wanted at first to say it was Mayfield's fault, but I think it was OBJ's fault. He never got down with the fact that Cleveland is a run-first team. And, you know, when you mix, you know, Odell came to Cleveland with star power. He kind of lost that star power while he was there, but he came to Cleveland with star power. And when you're acting like a diva and you're not fitting the team's game plan, it's like if Odell were to go to New England and be like, yo, Mac, get me the ball. And it's like, well, hey, you know, New England's an old school style. We're a running football team. So Mm -hmm. he didn't really fit the game plan in Cleveland. Like they had two star wideouts, Landry, Odell, but it didn't really fit what they were trying to accomplish with Chubb and Kareem Hunt and now Dearness Johnson. So It just wasn't a good match. Um, It it made sense at the time because Cleveland was up and coming. They had Mayfield. They had Denzel Ward, all these draft picks, Miles Garrett. And, and, you know, it worked out. Cleveland has had success as a whole over the past three years. But it just, it it wasn't the right setting for Odell. Whereas the Rams are a pass first team. uh, They also have so many options that someone's always going to be open. And sometimes it's going to be Odell. Plus, with Sean McVay's creativity and the versatility that both Odell and Robert Woods provide. You know, no one's talking about Odell being used uh, for wide receiver handoffs, for wide receiver passes. Don't forget the guy's got a can, and he's thrown a couple touchdown passes in his career. Uh, I mean, there are so many possibilities when you've got a quarterback like Stafford, a coach like McVay, and Cooper Cup is there, the best, statistically speaking, wide out in football this year to distract you know the other team's best D-backs. Robert Crazy. Woods is there. He's still got a ton of game. Ben Jefferson's having a breakout party this season. Oh, thank you. Had-
0: I like Robert Woods, and some people were like, no, he's he's not as good as he was. I still think he's a good player, man.
1: So Charlie Weiss once told me on my show at Radio Row, not me, rather. My co-host, Isaiah Blakely, who's a great guy, my old college co-host. Uh, Charlie Weiss, when the Rams were playing the Pats in the Super Bowl, and Isaiah asked how New England would respond to the Rams' uh, great wideouts, Weiss said, who's great? And Isaiah listed them, said, Brandon Cooks. And then he said, Robert Woods. And Charlie Weiss looked at him and said, Robert Woods, you don't know anything because he sucks. That is the (laughs) last time I'll ever talk to Charlie Weiss. First off, because he insulted my co-host on the air. Secondly, because he's an idiot who went, you know, six and six at Notre Dame. Obviously, he doesn't know as much (laughs) about football as as he wants to brag about. I mean, who who did you lose to with Notre Dame that year? You went six and six. You had to lose to some cupcakes. So uh, Charlie Weiss (laughs) just really proved that he is a, a worse analyst even than he was a head coach. Uh, by making that comment Robert Woods is great Robert Woods is you know he's not a pro bowler he's not an all pro wideout, and I don't even think he's a number one he's a damn good number two and you throw Odell Mm -hmm. and Woods in there you've got you know 2A 2B to Cooper Cups number one and Mm -hmm. the Rams are I think the best team in football they added Von Miller two weeks ago they added Odell they're doing all the right things that Tennessee loss don't read too much into it um you know two bad plays in a row from Stafford Sunk the Rams ship in that game, but the Rams are the best team in football. And look, no one's going to go fifteen and two, sixteen and one. You know the Rams will go thirteen and four, and uh, they'll be just fine. Tampa Bay was twelve and four last year; they were just fine. Yeah, yeah, they
0: were just yeah, they were just fine. So you don't <laughs> think that that looking at you know this year and in in moving on to next year, right? because now you have a lot of guys that that you need to pay and you would I would think want to retain on your roster what are you doing with that is are you think oh, you, do you like do you think if OBJ is successful here that he'll be fine taking a small salary
2: No I think I think this is definitely a way for OBJ to you know see that he can still be a fit on a team he needs to you know be on his best behavior obviously and <laughs> uh amongst that like he needs to be somebody that can prove to be a pivotal part of a championship team like if they go to the nfc championship if they you know make the super bowl and win the super bowl and he's a he's a factor of some sort not saying that like he's becomes like a a number two or something like he you know he usurps robert woods or something like like if he can be a good number three like then he can be he can get money as a number two on another team on a bad team and i think that's where his mindset is i think he wouldn't want to stay in this situation. I feel like they like Van Jefferson uh, as mm. a third wideout, and you know, obviously they love Cooper Cup and they love Robert Woods, but this is more about OBJ, kind of in that I don't, I don't like to cross sports, but like in that Dennis Schroeder role, where mm-hmm. you know his, where you know his talent, and he's going to take a pay cut, and he's going to come, and he's going to try to ball out, but it's probably for somewhere else. It's probably not for the team that he's playing with right now. So that's what I feel.
1: Mm. Yeah, Shrey, I have to agree with you there. You know, this isn't an Antonio Brown situation where he's going to be in their long term plans. Uh, Odell has a chance here to do a couple things. First off, and there's no disputing it. He's ring chasing and he's got all the right in the world to ring chase. I expected (laughs) him to ring chase. So that's what he's doing here. Secondly, he's got the opportunity to show that he can be a good teammate because he's not going to be the number one option. He's not going to lead the team in targets every week. So he can show like Antonio Brown did last year that he's a good teammate, still Talented as all hell, and he can put winning first for the first time in his career above his own personal stats. That's what he has the opportunity to show. Is he going to do that successfully? We have to wait and see. A.B. did it last year with the Bucs. You know, it's amazing. When a Super Bowl is a realistic possibility, it is really amazing how some guys can get their act together and change like we saw from Antonio Brown. Um, But that's it's kind of a similar situation that Odell's in right now. You know, can he Mm. clean up his act, put the team first, and win a ring because they've got... All the chance in the world to win a ring. And going back to what you said about, you know, are the Rams thinking about the future here? They don't have to, right? They traded away all their first round draft picks until 2024 for a reason. They made this Stafford deal to win a Super Bowl now. If they win a Super Bowl this year, it doesn't matter what happens next year, who walks in free agency, et cetera. Win now and worry about that stuff later. The, the Rams are going all in, and I respect the hell out of it. Okay. And,
2: and I think that comes with the winning too. Like, yeah, you mortgage the future for the present, but you'll also be able to, if people leave, you'll also be able to get those free agents coming back and, you know, take up that salary cap space, whatever you do. Because lose. you're so, a winning team. Yeah, because yeah. you're a winning team. So, look, look at the wanna, Bucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tampa Bay, first team ever to win a Super Bowl and have all 22 stars. And they retained back. everybody. Yeah, yeah. So that's re- insane. I'm not mm. saying the Rams are going to do the same and bring, you know, if they win the super bowl this year i'm not going to say that all 22 starters in in the super bowl will be back next year but uh you know who's to say that they can't keep 19 of them it doesn't yeah
0: well yeah i mean when you know you guys get upset by the cardinals um it'll probably be hard to retain a lot of that talent but you know it's just uh it's just one of those things yeah and definitely you know you're putting a bet on your current state and hey that's just what you got to do but uh go cardinals
1: hey uh, no, i'm with you i love the arizona cardinals you know kyler murray i think you've heard this from me before but how could i not love a quarterback whose name sounds like calamari uh everything about the card that's good that's Everything about the Cardinals, I love. I love Marcus Golden, former Giant, who's top five in the league in sacks this year. Uh, Chandler Jones is just a bad, bad man. D-Hop with yeah. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. Like, James Conner, I mean, who's really oh, yeah. found, you know. Oh, my his God, revelation leg. this year. Yeah, everything yeah. about that team, I absolutely love. So I would have no issue with the Cardinals upsetting the Rams again, by the way, and uh, and mm. winning a Super Bowl this year. I'd actually rather the Cardinals win it than the Rams. Wow. Okay. Well, so let's talk
0: about that because there is a lot of this season has been particularly exciting and particularly interesting. And that's just because that every team is like good and bad. There's a lot of it where you look at the the games that people are playing and the teams and who they're matching up with and who's actually coming out victorious. And you can look at the NFL and just say, everybody sucks in their own way. Examples of this being most recently the game on Thursday night where the Baltimore Ravens played the Miami Dolphins. Now, no disrespect to the Miami Dolphins, but (laughs) not very good. Uh, They just (laughs) have little to no offense. And while their defense can sometimes shine like it did on Thursday, it's just incredibly inconsistent. Tua is not who we thought he was going to be. You know, Will Fuller Jr. Is gone, you know, just awful to watch. They can't convert on a third down, but they still came out on top, and this happens all over the league. So what do you guys think about teams? They have they can't underestimate any other opponent. They have to take into account each game as a new game, as a new challenge, and you can't sleep on anybody. I think that's great for the league, but I just wanted to get your guys' opinions on the fact that everybody sucks.
2: Yeah, I think it's, it comes down to, for me, Coaching and execution. I think coaching in the NFL is vastly, has been vastly overrated in, in the sense that I don't think there are that many good coaches in the NFL. Like there's like the cream of the crop, right? Like your McVays and your Belichick's and your Vrabel and your Reed's. But like after that, there's no there's not many like good consistent coaches and you feels like like that's a part of it but then also the execution of these teams well, this the players past year too. Yeah. yeah the like like that that's like massive like you saw the bills lose to the jaguars 9 to 6 they didn't score a single touchdown that was that was Jackson also one of the worst jaguars. games that I saw. jaguars yeah um hello and then you know Josh Allen like like gets beat up by another Josh Allen like it's <laughs> like it's ridiculous right the uh the broncos absolutely torched the cowboys last week like they, they were up 30 to nothing at one point. It, like it, it's, it, 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 comes down to, okay. Like what are the coaches seeing? Is this all just like, yeah, we'll just throw some out there. Well, the there Titans beating sticks. the Rams but, too.
0: The Titans yeah. without Derrick Henry beating the best team in the league right now. There's that's just a lack insane. of focus.
2: There's just a lack of focus, especially last week. But it feels like over the, like there's been so many highs and lows, like the Bengals,
0: the Giants like winning like- any games. It's it's an upset every time.
1: (laughs) All right. Thanks for the little dig there. I I don't think the Carolina game was an upset. Seeing as Sam Darnold is so bad, he can't even complete a fracture. I mean, his left shoulder fracture is called an incomplete fracture. So so, so that game, you got to give the Giants something. I think that was a game that they were supposed to win. But yeah, no, the Raiders, the Saints, go figure that one
0: just it's it's crazy sorry to to interrupt you but but yeah (laughs) no but
1: it's just the
2: inconsistency of a lot of these teams that you feel like okay they're coming up in the league and they should be good and they should be playoff teams right like so they should have this playoff mentality throughout the year but it feels like they dip too much right like the cowboys they have so much talent but then to to lose sight for a week and lose against the broncos who are completely inferior right teddy bridgewater we <laughs> teddy bridgewater like he's an okay quarterback we, i said i've said on podcasts before he's a great bridge quarterback Haha <laughs> ha bridge quarterback yeah. but but he's not <laughs> he, but like comparative to the cowboys like they have the defense they have the offense like they should be like absolutely steamrolling these guys but they like for a week it looks like the broncos are the i don't know like the the 2004 colts like i don't know like, it's,
0: it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, you take, I mean, look at, look at like the Saints too, just talking about inconsistency, right? The Saints beat the Buccaneers and then go on to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry, like, Cordarell Patterson is, you know, a god, apparently. Apparently. But the Falcons as a team are not that great. And if you can beat the Buccaneers with stifling defense and clutch plays and then just go on to lose and then you lose to the Giants earlier in the season, like, what do you, but you beat the Packers? Well, well, well. well. Mm-hmm.
1: What's going on here? Yeah. The Saints Saints have beaten the two teams that were in last year's NFC Conference Championship game, but they've lost to the Giants and Falcons, who in week three played one of the worst games I've seen in football this year. (laughs) Yeah. And I was at that game in person. It was Eli's Jersey Retirement Ring of Honor induction. And that is the only thing that made that game worth going (laughs) to. I've, you know, look, I've never been bored at a football game. I mean, every time I go to a game, it's a huge event. I've only been to like four or five in person in my life. And I was actually, like, sitting in my seat, looking at, you know, scores of the other games, checking in on my bets. I was bored shitless at that Giants-Falcons wow. game. Wow. wow. It was bad football.
0: I mean, the, yeah. And so that, that's that been happening a lot. But I think, to me, that's exciting, Right. Because it well, it makes it hard, Joe. As like somebody you know who bets, you can't bet on any of these games, or your confidence goes down with these like middle of the road games. Last you know, three weeks team, have been wild,
1: yeah, wild, yeah, wild. That, yeah.
0: And I think that's exciting to watch. You know, just different players go off, different teams go off, different defenses like mm-hmm. step up. That's really exciting. I mean, take a look at the Chiefs too. What a, a weird start to the season. One of the guys that I work with is a diehard Chiefs fan. And, you know, I need some supplies from him. So I'll call him up and we'll be like, hey, uh, hey, Roberto, how are you? Hey, uh, sorry to hear about your Chiefs, but uh, can I get another truckload? And he's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's just weird. And in, in, what do I mean, you guys, just on the Chiefs real quick, like, what do you think? I mean, their defense is still not where it needs to be. And even Patrick Mahomes, right. I'm looking at him, I'm like, you're not where you need to be right now. Did he have too many beers in the offseason? And it's still like, is he still hung over? I, I, don't, I don't get it.
1: Well, I mean. You know, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you've got nothing to be hung over from, right? You're you're not the reigning champ. And I think he's smart enough where he gets it. Like, yeah, they made the Super Bowl. That's great. They lost 31 to 9. They got embarrassed. And and no part of that is Patrick Mahomes' fault. I will say, you know, I was at the Super Bowl 20-yard line, had a great view of that offensive line having the worst performance I've ever seen them have. Ridiculous. Um, right. You know, he, he, what, what did he run? 498 yards behind the line <laughs> yeah. of scrimmage? Behind the line of
2: scrimmage. Yeah, total. Yeah.
1: That, that was one of the craziest stats I've ever seen in my life. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think Mahomes was on his high horse this past offseason. I don't think he came into this season relaxed by any means. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think he came into this season with the mentality of, I have to do more than I'm physically capable of. And right. you notice a lot of his turnovers, he's trying to force things that just aren't there. And, right. and I think he needs to take a step back, realize that he's got some talent, realize that his offensive line is much improved. And I know they've got a couple rookies on it, but it's a lot better Than the unit he had out there in the Super Bowl that was missing both Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, their starting tackles. So I I think that the Chiefs need to take a step back and and reevaluate their game plan. They're not going to be beating everyone 45-10. They need to play smarter football. Not every play can just be, all right, uh, O-line, buy Mahomes enough time to scramble. Tyreek, get open somehow. That's not going to win you another (laughs) Super Bowl. Sorry. You you just have to be a little more sound uh, execution-wise than that. But, uh, I, you know, I'm not too worried about the Chiefs. I think that they're going to get into a groove. Um, As far as betting the Chiefs, I will say they're pretty consistent. Last two years, even last year, all the games that they were winning, uh, they've been one of the worst teams against the spread in football for the past two seasons. I can so that. betting against the Chiefs, I mean, that's been that's been the one consistent over the last two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So one last team that I just want to touch upon before we shift gears here. I want to talk about uh, hmm, the Panthers and uh, hmm, Cam Newton <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with all the speculation surrounding this man and all the terrible football that he has played over the past year on the Pats. Uh, it's weird to see him get picked up, but not surprising in the least. Now, Joe, I know that you're a stan of Cam Newton and you will come to his defense, but There was a lot of rumors going around that he might get picked up by the Seahawks, especially with Russ being out. But he ultimately ended up back on his old team, the Panthers. Should he ever have left? Uh, Is he going to perform? I don't know. And I am very ambiguous to low on Cam Newton's return, just based off of watching him in New England and looking at the Panthers team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not too high on him this season. Uh, The Panthers just don't seem to have a lot. They seem flat after their 3-0 start. I don't think he should have left. You know, I I loved him in Carolina. I loved him with Ron Rivera. Now, with that said, last season, I would have loved to see him with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I know it was kind of a throwaway year for the Panthers that they were gearing up to be successful this year, which they were up until McCaffrey got injured. But, yeah, I I wish he stayed. I I think Cam Newton, even though his arm strength is clearly gone, and and that's due to injuries— I think he is still a much smarter quarterback than anyone wants to give him credit for. And I'll leave that open-ended for your own interpretation. But I think Cam Newton knows how to run an offense, how to win. Most importantly, the guy went 15-1, and went to a Super Bowl. I think that Cam Newton, with guys like Robbie Anderson, a healthy McCaffrey, the rest of this offense on Carolina, I think he could have had some success if he was there from week one this season. But now it might be too little too late.
2: I think this is more of a um, a detriment on Sam Darnold than this is like, oh, Cam Newton is back and he, you know, he gets a chance to play and everything like that. I think they they think so lowly of yeah, of Sam Darnold now, the Carolina Panthers do, that they had to pay Cam Newton ten million dollars for four and a half guaranteed, one point five million dollar roster bonus to fight for a job. He doesn't even have the starting job. They're starting P.J. Walker this week because he doesn't have the time to to get into the system yet. So who knows if he's even able to start if PJ Walker plays well. Right. So, you know, you, you kind of hope for the best because yeah, he didn't have, he had a horrible time in new England. I think like from his ability to, you know, just, he only could run. And then he threw, he, he threw at people's feet. He, he wasn't running the offense well under bill Belichick and, and Josh McDaniels. and, He just felt very flat like the Panthers are doing now. I don't see much of an improvement of the Panthers uh, this year with Cam Newton if he were to start and if he were to take the job over from P.J. Walker. But, you know, it's a chance and he got paid. So I think that's a win for Cam Newton regardless of if he plays well or not. And, you know, he's still going to get a job based on name value. I don't don't see too much uh, for his future. I think he's going to be on this, like, one-year deal you know, show me, like, show me the money and then I'll show you. And then, you know what I mean? Like, show me kind of what you can do. After that, it's people are just going to drop them and it's going to be like a circle of life type thing. So,
0: Tone to bring me my money. Breaking news, breaking news. We have literal breaking news out of L.A. right now. Shreyas, what is going on?
2: Yeah, it looks like Robert Woods is out for the year now with a torn ACL that he uh, he hurt his knee at practice on Friday. He, uh, From Adam Schefter, it looks like he said he went down, he got up, he finished practice, he conducted interviews with the media after, and nobody thought anything of it. And then they did some tests on his knee afterwards and found out he actually tore his ACL. So from all the talk we talked about, Odell Beckham Jr. being sort of a – a commodity in in the free safety market net. Yeah. but now being a safety net for the rams now it looks like he might have a bigger role being a a second or third guy and you know now that Von's van jefferson up cooper cup is going to have a lot on his shoulders and he has some injury concerns in the past too uh it's going to be that's a big blow
1: Robert i think obj
0: Woods. did tanya harding and tore Robert <laughs> Wood's acl for him
1: jesus christ <laughs>
0: <laughs> no you never want to see anybody get hurt but what a crazy timing some people are saying that uh they knew that his acl was torn as they picked up obj i mean if that's true what a what a finesse
1: i mean i, I just don't believe that he tore it According to Schefter, I mean, he tore it yesterday. He tore it on Friday at practice. OBJ, the uh, the deal was done Thursday. So I just don't believe, I mean, that sounds like a great conspiracy theory, but I just don't <laughs> believe that the Rams knew Woods had a torn ACL. And based on Schefter's report, which is wild, shows you how tough Woods is. On the play, he tore it. He got up, finished practice, played, did all of his media responsibilities, and then went to check out his knee because it was, you know, felt a little off and discovers that he's got a torn ACL. This is totally gut-wrenching. Oh my God. I mean, not just because I don't want to view this selfishly, right, as a fan and how much I couldn't wait to see Woods and Odell together, the versatility, you know, trick plays, running the ball, etc. But just knowing Woods and how much he works his ass off every week, and he's never the number one guy, and he's okay with that. He does whatever is asked of him on a week-to-week basis. And right. now knowing that this is a team with legitimate Super Bowl potential, they still do. You know, this injury doesn't make them now not the favorites in the NFC anymore. At least I don't believe that. But just knowing that even if they do go to the Super Bowl, if they do win a Super Bowl, he won't be able to be a part of it. That's gut wrenching. Yeah, well, he's still I mean, yeah,
0: you got to give the man his credit because he has helped out in so many ways and he has been such a solid option for the Rams for a while now. Um, Obviously, you know, if there's a ring in his future. He, he's he got to get his credit where credit is due because he's been it really. And again, I know he's the number two, but he's been an integral part of that offense. Um, and it just, it sucks to see something like that happen at just weird, weird timing. Also in practice too, it might be worse than like a, a, a preseason injury, you know, where guys yeah. are out there on the field right before their season starts and then they get hurt. Yeah.
1: Just, you just have terrible. no
2: time. You have no time to like recoup and say, Hey, we have this team and we got to, you know, we get to, we know what we're going into going into the season, but now you're in week 10 and you know what Robert Woods has already given you. And now it's a big blow. It's definitely tougher. I think in the middle of the season, trying to adjust, especially with a new player now trying to figure out the system and OBJ. And it's going to be a lot, but I, I they still have the talent. It's just going to be a lot. I feel
1: like for the first couple of games to, to get through this. And by the way, Rams minus four Monday night was my lock of the week. You know, it's unlikely Odell plays in that game. The Rams are now going to be undermanned on offense Monday night. Right. They're going to have to lean heavy on Daryl Henderson. And, and that game, you could view it as, you know, obviously the Rams should be still, even with this, they, they should be an easy playoff team. But does this game enter must-win category now to to prevent your team from dropping two in a row? You right. know, even though the Niners have stunk their 0-4 at home this year, uh, they've been one of the most disappointing <laughs> teams in the NFL it's like you're still jimmy g still a divisional rival you know the both teams are going to be juiced up for this one and the rams yeah. you know the, the niners still have a decent defense and all the attention is going to be on cooper cup who the hell the rams throwing to
2: mm. yeah it's gonna be a lot of running it's gonna be higby it's gonna be van jefferson i think that those are the three guys that are gonna have to step up so yeah
1: mm.
0: yeah crazy well prayers up for robert woods let's transition over to the NBA for our last little segments of this episode. So off podcast, Joe and I have had several crude discussions about the Chicago Bulls. I went on his show. He claimed that they were pretenders, even though I thought that they were contenders. Now we see the Bulls starting their season very strong with a loss last night to the, scorching hot Golden State Warriors, the Bulls are still in a good position. They're seated very high in the Eastern Conference, and I personally believe that they're going to continue this trend. I love how they play. It's like you took all the best hoopers from the rec center who nobody really has a position, but you put them all on the same team, and they're balling out. They're running transition. They're aggressive on defense. They're just fun, and I think they're going to go far, but Joe disagrees. Shreyas, I think, is on my side. But Joe, I, I just, I, you know, I want to know why, why, why do you hate the Bulls, man?
1: I just don't think that the Bulls can have, enjoy a sustained success throughout the season. You know, their defense is so far, they're they're holding up. They've got the seventh best scoring defense in the NBA, surprisingly. I don't think that their defense long-term is anything that can hold up in a playoff series. You know, don't forget come April and come the playoffs, that's when NBA teams who are playing these 130 to 126 shootouts all year, that's when they start actually playing defense. And I think that in a playoff series, should the Bulls run into a team like maybe the Boston Celtics, who have a lot of regrouping to do, but you know should be <laughs> in a better position come the postseason, or if oh, yeah. they run into a team like the Knicks or the Milwaukee Bucks, you know teams that play defense, I think the Bulls are going to mightily struggle in those series. So, you know, right now what they're doing is great. They're going to make the playoffs for sure. Wouldn't shock me if they slip into that seven to 10 play in game range, uh, because I just don't see sustained success for this team. You know, Lonzo ball showed you what he does last night. Uh, what did he shoot two for 11 from the field? One of seven from three had five points, three assists, three rebounds in that, in that game. You know, like when the going gets tough, Lonzo gets going. So uh, I just, I really, I don't trust the Bulls. It's why I think that they're pretenders. They're not true contenders. Zach Levine's a dog. DeMar DeRozan's a Hall of Famer. Um, but at the end of the day, this team is not a complete team. Like you said, it's really good players from the rec center all bunched together. And that's going to come back to bite them in the ass against good opponents.
0: But they play good team basketball. The ball's moving. I mean, they have two top elite scorers in DeRozan and Levine who have been you know balling out they're both averaging i think over 23 or 24 points a game which is crazy the two are like the top scorers in the league right now then you have solid role players all of whom are hyper athletic can again decently defend can run the ball in transition and do the job that they need to do now i understand that it was a you know not great shooting night for the bulls 29 percent from beyond the arc facing the warriors um but, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt because the Warriors are on a tear right now, right? Steph Curry is, oh, I, 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 I am I am enamored by this man. He is, <laughs> what I mean, talk about generational talent. But regardless, you know, they had to face a tougher opponent. And I think, realistically, facing such a tough opponent in the early parts of the season is going to be a good experience for them. Again, think about it you're still getting the chemistry together for the team and they're finding success with what they have versus like the Lakers, right? The Lakers are like, Oh, we still got to build chemistry, but they are (laughs) kind of sucking eggs. If you have to like (laughs) rotate the minutes between Westbrook and LeBron, because you just can't play them on the court at the same time. What is like, what does that say? When LaMelo is like or LaMelo, when Carmelo is your best like scorer for some games, what is that saying? No, No disrespect to Carmelo Anthony, but. You know he's not he's not going to be your number one guy anymore. I think for the Bulls, they have what it takes. They have the heart. They have the hustle. And I I wouldn't even say that they were exposed this game. Yeah, Lonzo had a bad night. Thirty-seven minutes and five points, three assists. He was not good.
1: He was not 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 the team, but he was exposed. Lonzo Ball is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. I don't even. Well,
0: Well, do you think think he's still overrated?
1: Absolutely, because I think
0: he was overrated when he came into the league. Right, I mean, right, partially his dad hyping him up, partially you know some people's expectations of him. You know, goes to New Orleans. Go on the Lakers, not great. On New Orleans, fine, better. But I think on the Bulls, he he's he can do what he needs to do. Yeah, I don't think not, people are looking at him anymore as like right. a god.
2: He's not a number two pick, definitely in terms of the value that the number two pick, I guess, should hold in people's minds, but for the bulls they needed somebody that can control the ball as a two way point guard like kobe white is was not a starting point guard in this league he's a good you know he gets you 10 15 points off the bench like but he's defensively he stinks and he gets into cold streaks a lot right lonzo is a much improved three point shooter obviously in this game he didn't show it but he is over his career since you know coming up coming out of the lakers a much improved three point shooter and he's uh, the ability to pass is there like it's it's undeniable so my my thing is with the bulls there i feel like every piece in the starting lineup has its place and mm. they're doing it while Vucevic is complete crap right now
1: like <laughs> yeah, i mean i mean he's not he's not even active w- right now yeah they're
2: they're they're they're, pl- they're still playing winning basketball like think if Vucevic gets back into like a 17 and 10 like close to that type like he's not going to be obviously orlando vooch but he'll he be more, he'll back, be more
0: of like Shrey in my in my book he'll be like a 12 to 15 and 10 if he gets
2: i think he's a better player than i think if he can get to 17 and 10 with a block and a, like a block a game like that's a guy that you like you don't know who you're gonna guard now he can he can shoot the three he he understands how to pass as a big man He's yeah. an unselfish big man and he knows how to play the low block too. So he's just not getting the shots to fall. I think they have the pieces to make mm. a real run at home court advantage this year. And that's why I, I have him at four, I think in my, in my rankings,
1: but that's I what mean, I feel. He, here's my issue with that. First off, I love Vooch offensively. I mean, the guy's a juggernaut when he, when he's on problem is right. he's another guy on this bulls team. Doesn't play defense like Lonzo. For all of his offensive deficiencies, he's by far the best defender in that starting five. DeMar, not a good defender. Levine, way below average. Vooch, useless on defense. Um, But Lonzo, here's my thing with him. He is still yet to prove that he can be a consistent, good player on a team that has any sort of expectations associated with them. Like, yeah, Lonzo improved a lot when he was with New Orleans. but. New Orleans Nobody has been crap. Right. They weren't winning. Right. So can Lonzo, you know, can he be a cornerstone? I'm not saying he's even got to be the best player. In this case, he really should be their third best player. You know, you've got Levine, you've got DeMar. Lonzo being the point guard, being the guy who everything runs through, he should be the third best player on this team. And, you know, can can he show up every night and be consistent? Can he outplay Kyle Lowry, who I think we can all agree, Lonzo, given his age, given his his athletic ability, He should outplay a guy like Kyle Lowry, but Lowry is way more consistent, and I think that's why the Heat are going to go way further than the Bulls this year.
0: Mm. Well, everybody's heard the collusion rumors, right? Yeah. Now (laughs) now the teams are facing million-dollar fines. That's crazy, man. And
2: and potential draft picks. And suspension for executives.
0: Imagine that they're 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 saying, "Oh, well, we think that there." I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it happens
2: all the time. They it happens all the time. <laughs> it,
0: well, well, okay. You're gonna tell me again. I we, we when we talked about collusion when this scandal first came out, we brought up the AD and LeBron to the Lakers kind of deal. You're telling me you can look me in the eyes and tell me that that was not collusion. That nobody knew that AD was gonna go to LA, and then all of a sudden he goes to LA because oh he's like oh this is a good place for me. No. I, like, I'm sorry. It, <laughs> yeah. Does LeBron get an exclusion? Do the Lakers get an exclusion because they're a big market team? I don't, I don't think they should. And I don't understand why the Bulls in the, in the Heat are being prosecuted. Things like this, blockbuster trades make the league exciting. I never thought I'd see Kyle Lowry on a team that was not the Toronto Raptors. Now that he's down in Miami, down, down in South Beach, I think that's great. Right? To see Lonzo Ball and all these crazy guys on the Bulls, I think that's great. It's fun to see these guys switch jerseys. I don't know. I don't think that they should be prosecuted for stuff that regularly happens. Well, I think
2: this is more about the team involvement in those conversations versus the player to player involvement in those movement conversations. So what's the difference yeah. though?
1: Like, yeah, from my point yeah. of view, it's like, what's the difference? If anything, I think the player involvement carries way more weight. I don't think a GM, uh, yeah, sure. like, I mean, just, you know, look at these guys, right? Uh, look at the makeup demographically of NBA GMs. Like, you know is, is the Heat GM, well, I mean, I guess in that case, you're dealing with Pat Riley who's running the show over there who has a lot of yeah. say and a lot of respect among players. So that's probably a bad example. But, I mean, who's the GM of the Bulls? Is he going out on a Friday night with Lonzo Ball? Like, <laughs> it, at the end of the day, it comes down to the players and the chemistry right. and them wanting to play together. You know, you want to talk about collusion? Right. Look at the Miami Heat when LeBron went there. That was clear collusion. Nothing ever came of that. I mean, the right. plan was LeBron, D. Wade, and Carmelo Anthony to team up. But Anthony couldn't get out of his contract that year. Denver wouldn't yeah. allow it. And we'll so they settle settled for Chris Bosh. <laughs> which is still, you know, not not a bad number three option yeah. <laughs> on your team. But, I mean, that was clear collusion. You know, they were colluding with Melo. They ended up colluding with Bosh. Uh, like, so what? You know, I, I agree. It makes it more interesting. It makes things great. Kyle Lowry going down with Jimmy Butler in Miami. Bam. I, I mean... The Heat are fun. The Bulls, I may not be big on them. You know, I don't think that they're going to be able but to they're make fun. it past the they're second fun. round of the playoffs, but they're fun. Exactly. You know what, Joe, I can you know what? I can I realistically thinking about it, I can agree
0: with you that they could be a second round exit. I think they can realistically make it past the first, depending on who they play. I don't I don't I don't think that they're realistically gonna be a finals team. Oh, because you yeah. you look at who is in the league right now, and you just you just know what these guys are capable of. We learn it that we learn the same lesson every single season, but I think a second round exit is a respectable year for the Bulls.
1: Yeah, I mean you don't want to run into those one seed Wizards, you know that that, that things get really dangerous in the postseason <laughs> playing Bradley Beal and company.
2: Well, and as good uh... as the Bulls are in terms of <laughs> loaded on talent, they don't have other than DeRozan the real playoff experience that a lot of these other teams do, and you know. Joe talked about it. Teams just ratchet up their play in the playoffs, offensively and defensively. And yeah, we haven't seen it from the Lonzo's and the Vucevic's and the, you know, the uh, Levine's as well. So it's like, yes, they're talented. And I feel like, yes, we, it, it's easy to, I feel for me, predict that they will do well in the regular season because there's over an 82-game span that talent proceeds everything but then once that talent is taken to a different level and now you're in the cream of the crop and you're playing the best of the best like you're you're facing durant and harden and Giannis five six times five six times in over a week week 10 day span right like then it then it starts to get dicey but i mean i'm definitely i definitely like to see them in the in the playoffs and see what they can do probably the second round i would say too so
0: absolutely okay so while we have our guest here Shrey, let's just do a special, special gauntlet. Because, look, yeah. everybody loves the gauntlet. We love to see who's going to work at Home Depot or Lowe's. We love <laughs> to see who the top golden egg winner is going to be. So while we have Joe here, Shrey, let's let's just get right into it. Give us, wh- what is it this week? So we're doing the
2: NFC South this week, Max.
1: Mm-mm-mm. What a shit show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we're going to go based off of the current starting quarterbacks in the nfc south so that would be the tampa Bay Buc- buccaneers have tom brady uh, i don't know if i've if you guys have heard of him but he's, um, he's a quarterback uh, uh, that's that's uh giselle's <laughs> husband right the giselle guy, the, guy, yeah. the
1: guy she brings to all of her events
0: oh yeah she's cute yeah <laughs> yeah
1: her, her arm candy right yeah <laughs> He looks younger every year. I don't he, know how. He is a sexy motherfucker. I, I can't even front there. I mean, yeah. I, the first time I saw him in person, I got a little weak in the knees. You Someone saw Tom me- Brady in person? Max, you know this. I've interviewed him twice. <laughs> Wait, no, I didn't know that you actually got to interview. Oh, my.
0: Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that you actually interviewed him. I thought I thought you talked to. Didn't you talk to Gronk, too?
1: Yeah, Gronk was awful. He was awful.
0: Brady was great. <laughs>
1: Gronk, if I could if I could go back and get those 20 minutes of my life back where I was waiting to ask him a question at a press conference, I I would like go to the men's room and jerk off with those 20 minutes. It's way more productive than anything that Gronk gave. Me.
0: Oh
2: wow, yeah, he is a sound bite and a half, isn't he?
1: He was terrible. Uh-huh. I mean, he just he gave me absolutely nothing to a legitimate question I asked him. It was before the Super Bowl against the Rams. Like I asked him if retirement was in the cards and you know if we should expect to see him in the media or WWE like what what he was thinking about and but he can't answer that question i mean you know when the blonde in 6 inch stilettos asked it he gave her an answer when i asked it he didn't and that, and that's that's my gripe with Gronk it's oh. that i got nothing and then the blonde in the tight red dress with the 6 inch stilettos who didn't have you know an interesting question he gave her all um, the time of day
0: what's your favorite um like candy <laughs> You, <laughs> you,
1: <laughs> Gronk, aren't you in a relationship? What? Not tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy. I, I I've got nothing for Gronk. Brady. I mean, you know, he that is the goat. He's a class act. Yeah, I, I have all the respect he in the is. world for him. I enjoy rooting against him, but I have all the respect in the world for him. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that's how the the grace should be. So, yes. Yeah, so for the Bucks, we have Tom Brady. For the Saints, right now we have Trevor Simeon. <laughs> For so the Falcons, we have uh, Maddie Melted Ice. And we have the Panthers. They just signed Cam Newton. I think it would be spicy to use Cam Newton in this gauntlet. But if you do not want to use Cam Newton, there is PJ Walker. So choose that as you will. Damn, no Matt oh. Barkley, huh? <laughs> I mean, we could do a backup one if you want, but I think your brain might explode. Yeah, yeah, I- I'm, <laughs> wanna... I'm okay. Who the hell is the backup in Tampa? Is that Blaine Gabbert? It's uh, Blake Gabbard, It's that rookie they just they just drafted. Uh,
1: oh, Kyle uh, Tress, out of Florida.
2: Tresk out of Florida, yeah,
1: yeah. More, <laughs> more, more useless knowledge that. I <laughs> carry around do. with me. You want to do that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Florida, real quick. They're playing uh, an FCS opponent right now, Samford. And they were losing 21-14 after the first quarter. Excellent. Excellent. They've been a uh, a top-notch program for the past couple of years. God, they've been so bad ever since they lost Aaron
2: Hernandez.
1: It really shows that their game plan was shank the safety covering you and get open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: If it fits, it chips. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, straight Did you say Matt Ryan for the Falcons?
2: I did. Okay. I called him Maddie melted. I I shouldn't have used my
0: bias, but I did. <laughs> Maddie <Matty> melted. Jeez, <laughs> oh, spoken like a. Passion. All right, so uh, Joe, yeah, Joe, why don't why, why don't you go first?
1: Yeah, who's getting who's easy... getting your golden egg? Yeah, uh, so that's okay, yeah. Uh, come on, it's the golden boy. It, it's it's Mr., Matt Ryan, Mr. Yeah, right. Just, <laughs> look, if if he, if he just held on to that damn twenty eight three lead, maybe we'd be talking Matt Ryan right now. But uh, no. no, it's going to Mr. Avocado Ice Cream, Tom Brady. <laughs>
0: do you <laughs> even eat bread?
1: <laughs> Mr. Imm- immunity Power. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I mean, do you have to say much more? If uh, somebody tried to argue that that Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady, I mean, a lot of people try to argue that. I can't. It's I can't get behind it.
1: I talent-wise, maybe. I, I think yeah. if you look at them in their entire careers, that Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented quarterback to ever play the position. But he will never be the best quarterback because one hundred percent. You know, I mean, come on, one ring, one ring versus seven. You know, uh, it's...
0: Well, and and look at how many records Tom Brady has and continues to break and accumulate.
1: Yeah, I, you yeah, know, I th- and then th- and then
0: you look at right, and then you look at winning. I just, I
2: think people, I think people can't separate raw talent from greatness, and like greatness is what you've proven and what you've shown. Raw talent, anyone can. Like, Jamarcus Russell out of college had raw talent, but he doesn't have greatness. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it, that people can't separate that fact, and, you know, that's where I, I stopped the conversation with those people.
1: You, you, you know, I will say I saw this great tweet. Jimmy Kimmel actually on Thursday tweeted this out because Rodgers said, well, if the vaccine's so great – then, uh, then why are people still getting COVID if they're vaccinated? Jimmy Kimmel said, well, if you're so great, why do you only have one Super Bowl win? <laughs> it's true. Well, I think
0: if you just look at last year, right? You look at last year with Brady versus Rogers. That was the marquee matchup, right? Twice. And everybody was like, twice. Yeah. And, 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 and Rogers fell short, man. He just can't convert. And that is a sign of greatness. Is that winning. It's that clutch. It's that powering your teammates up and making those last second right plays. I mean, Christ, you mentioned the Atlanta Super Bowl, Joe. You know, that that was one of Brady's greatest achievements, and nobody saw that coming. That's that defines greatness right there. Meanwhile, Rodgers has a wide open Adams, and Adams, you know, flubs the catch, and then he throws a bad pass, and Ugh. you can't convert in the red zone when you have five attempts.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you, you said it all, and I will say, you know, going off that to, to talk about greatness, I consider Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer. But if he doesn't make it, the only reason will be because he blew that Super Bowl. If he if he won that Super Bowl, this wouldn't even be a debate. Because he's got an MVP, he would have a Super Bowl. I still consider him a Hall of Famer, but if he doesn't make it, it's because they view blowing that Super Bowl. Now again, the defense really blew it, but that is his lack of greatness. Hmm. I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think longevity
2: wise, like obviously his career is still going. And he's going to be up there. Like, I think him and Philip Rivers are kind of in the same conversation of like, you know, what I mean, like, like borderline, like, are they aren't they? Mm -hmm. We can debate the heck out of it. You know, they might get in on a couple votes type of type of deal. But, you know, if it was up to me, it would be super, it would be super strict. For a line for hall of fame quarterbacks and neither of them would get in but you know seeing how some some quarterbacks that you're like eh, they're kind of if we'll Ooh. take it kind
1: of i would uh, yeah okay so eli manning and, and i'm sorry to i'm sorry to deviate away from the gauntlet but i just have to know if rivers and matt ryan are nose in your book is yeah. eli manning a, a if, and if if, if if like is it are you basing it off of what i would
2: assume a Hall of Fame in, in quarterback? your
1: opinion yeah
2: yeah, 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 yeah i, I yeah, wouldn't would, i wouldn't put eli manning in it either geez, i think it's really i think right? Super i think I think I think yeah I mean what are we I mean what are we gonna put Trent Dilfer in there He has a Super Bowl
1: Yeah but 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 hold on in Dilfer's Super Bowl and look the Giants especially for that first one had an amazing defense But in Dilfer's Super Bowl win his defense was otherworldly like completely shut the Giants out Their only touchdown was a kick return to start the third quarter Um and Eli Manning's he was the Super Bowl MVP I mean he made incredible plays By the way in the second one. He just missed five thousand yards on the season. Only a handful of quarterbacks have ever done that, and he had like forty nine thirty three that year. Right. Um, I, I mean Eli, yeah. he was a great quarterback who, at the end of his career, saw his numbers take a dip because he was on some awful teams. I mean, for like three out of four years towards the end, he had less time in the pocket. He than was any a part. He was
2: a part of that too. His play did not pan out. Like he was. He, he was holding the ball too long. He was taking the
1: hits and he was just, he, he, it felt like he was done. Like I mean, I wouldn't like say he, he was holding the ball to too long. Did, did you not hear what I just said? Three out of his last four years, he had less time in the pocket than any other quarterback in football. Wow. I mean, you know, Eli, he, he played on some really bad teams at the end when I thought he still had talent the offensive line for the giants has been an issue for the last seven, eight years. Um, but you know, look that—that's a whole nother conversation. Right, right. I'm definitely, I'm definitely intrigued by your, your uh, qualifications. For me, qu-
2: for me, quarterback it should be super strict. Okay. Like that—that is—that is the marquee player in the sport. Like it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the the cream of the crop. But based on the NFL standards, yes, Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I were to, if you can put Rivers in, Eli's got to.
2: Yeah, yeah. So based on the current NFL standards, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan are probably Hall of Famers. Eli Manning is definitely a Hall of Famer. If I were to redo it, I probably wouldn't put Eli Manning up there. That's just me.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm curious wow. where you draw the line because Roethlisberger, I think everyone agrees, is a Hall of Famer, and I think Eli and Roethlisberger have pretty uh pretty similar stats. I mean, Roethlisberger has a better record, but. You know, I'm I'm of the camp that wins are not a quarterback. That's today. true. It is it is a
2: fine line. I will give you that. That is mm-hmm. a very fine line with Eli and Roethlisberger. I'll give you that.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. So so Joe, you're giving Tom Brady the golden egg. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's pretty straightforward. So are you giving Matt Ryan a bench spot?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Okay. He's he's right okay. now the second best quarterback in that division. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> it's I <laughs> mean, so you and I could be as well, but yeah, no, Matt, Matt Ryan definitely... The Falcons are playing good ball. You know, say what you want about yeah. them and, and they'll find a way to choke this year like they always do. But they're 500 right now if the season ended today. They're, I believe, the seventh seed in the playoffs. Uh, they're 3-1 and one on the road. I took a money line at the Saints last week. That cashed in plus 220. Nice. Um, I'm tempted to take them plus 330 to beat Dallas this week. Uh, I think they're going to cover wow. the plus nine. Uh, the Falcons are... They're they're playing good ball on both sides.
0: Yeah. Okay. So so then it, it gets down to the final the final spot on your bench, really. Are you taking can we well Shray Shray, Because I think a more interesting debate versus Simeon versus Newton, I think yeah. it's Winston. Healthy Winston versus Newton. Because okay. to me, yeah. yeah. I agree. I mean, with to that. Me, to me that that one's a little bit more that one's a little bit more difficult right you have in in joe i know that you're a big fan of Jameis winston but I to am. me he is mr mr in con frick system he's mr inconsistent and then you have cam newton who i like have an ulcer every time i watch him throw the ball it just like <laughs> hurts me to watch him throw so who who are you taking and actually yeah no let me ask you are you going to take Jameis winston on your bench or are you going to take cam newton oh yeah, exactly. You put it, that, you put it exactly. a rock in a hard place. So and that so, sound so right this, there.
1: Well, because I love them both, and I want to make an argument for both of them. This so year, Jameis Winston, uh, career Cam Newton, but right, right now, right here, twenty twenty one, Jameis on the bench.
0: Well, are you are, so? Are you taking Cam Newton from Pats, like from last year?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, because we yeah, haven't we seen this him this year, year right? right? So yeah, right. I'm, I'm going off right. what I saw last year. You know, don't okay. forget Cam Newton last year. I mean, he led the way for one of the best games of the year that Sunday night game against Seattle. I mean, he, New England. You know, Seattle stopped Yeah, it was more about the play the calling end. on
2: that game than him. He was he was excellent in that game. Yeah. that play calling at the end was was so
1: ridiculous. Exactly, so he was amazing. And and so Cam still has something left in the tank. Similarly, Jameis Winston beat the Packers like thirty four three opening week. Um, so they they both are inconsistent as hell, but at their peak can play with I believe anyone in this league.
0: Mm.
2: I, would, I okay. would agree with that
1: or peak. Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: But who are you, who are you giving it to?
1: Wait, was that me or Trey?
0: No, 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 for you, for you, who are you? Cause, cause you just made the argument that they're both consistent and inconsistent. They're both capable of big games. So who is going to get your final bench spot and who's oh. going to work at home Depot?
1: Oh, no. Like, like I said, in 2021, uh, I just think Jameis Winston is better. And uh, okay. so I'll give him the bench spot this year and uh, I'll send I'll send Cam to work in Home Depot. You know, I'm sure he could do something with that, uh, that bright orange that they have to wear over there. <laughs> Knowing him and the fashion statements that he makes, I'm sure he could spice that up a little bit.
0: He's just wearing those hats with the holes in them for his hair. <laughs>
1: yeah. By the way, did you see my Instagram story from a few days ago?
0: uh which one was it which one yeah
1: comparing me and cam with the cowboy outfits My, yeah. my yeah. Yes, yes
0: yes yes i
1: picked
2: you i picked you in that i bowl, also no picked way. you
1: <laughs> thank you both I, I, I saw cam especially with the bandana around the neck and i was like wow it is almost as if this man saw my <laughs> halloween costume and just tried to one-up me but hey i won the vote like two to one so i'll take it
2: oh for sure <laughs> was there any way you were gonna lose that vote no i don't think so
1: You know, no, not unless you had like some agenda or biased against me. For sure. Objectively speaking, I just, I wore it so much better. We're all about objectivity here.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, okay, just I'm going to run through mine real quick. Uh, Yeah, you got to give Tom Brady the golden egg. Uh, I've talked about Tom Brady too many times on this podcast. Uh, If you don't know yet, I love him. I love him. I would probably marry him if he asked me. Uh Um, Jesus. And, you know, I don't want any of his money. I just want his company. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So Tom Brady is the goat. Of course, he gets the golden egg Uh, on my bench. Matt Ryan, you have to. Uh, He just, I mean, you know, 57,000 career yards, 362 career touchdowns. He's a good player. And he's still he threw 343 uh, on, you know, the other day against the Saints. Like, he's still got it. Um, If I'm going to take. Between Winston and Newton. Oh, my God. For me, Winston is like just the bane of my existence. I had him on fantasy one year because I just – I thought – it was like back when he was on the Bucks with Fitzmagic. It was that weird year where he would throw three touchdowns, and then the next game he'd throw three interceptions. Oh, I the, just,
1: the, the 30-30?
0: Uh, yep, the 30-30. Classic 30-30. Yep. <laughs> 30
1: for 30. James <laughs> what Winston. if I told you?
0: <laughs> what if <laughs> –
1: Five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns, thirty picks. Absolutely wild. Unbelievable. Uh, I just
0: I but Cam Newton, I don't know. Maybe if he had stayed, like we talked about earlier, if he had stayed with the Panthers, I might have a different opinion of him. I just I, I thought that he was he was he was worse than egg salad on on the Pats. I just not I, I think I'll also go with Winston just because he he can still kinda throw the ball. Um you know, Cam is athletic and he can take a lot of hits because he's a big, strong dude. But if I had to pick somebody, I'd probably have to pick Winston. And that is that. Shrey?
2: Yeah, I'm agreeing with both of you here. I, I have no complaints with either of your uh, gauntlet picks. I think when it comes down to Winston and, and Newton, I just trust Winston a little more running an offense. Although the execution, I don't trust him at all. Like you know what I mean? But you know, before the play and especially seeing what I, I it might be more of a a Sean Payton is like a quarterback whisperer and like how he was able to win with Newton and Taysom Hill and you know what I mean? Like it's kind of ridiculous. But at this point in time I think Newton has just shown a little bit more. We're gonna have to see a lot more from Cam just to get up to that that level, so
0: Okay. All right, and before we go, Shrey, you said that you had a zinger question for us. I did. All right. So, boys, uh, it's been kind of a fad recently, and
2: over the past year, there's been nine of these events, and the event I'm talking about is celebrity boxing matches. Oh, and Jesus. Coming, <laughs> coming soon to a, to no TVs near you will be Darren Williams versus Frank Gore. So my question to you both will be if you had to pick any two people to face off, who would you legitimately want to see duke it out in the boxing ring?
0: Oh, like 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 not like about this matchup, just like any two, just any two,
2: like because I feel like the past nine have been (laughs) horrendous. You know what I mean? Like there's been nine in the past year. They've all been kind of horrendous. Are we counting Jake Paul's fights? As celebrity fights? Yeah, those are celebrity fights, yeah. Yeah. And like I, I would count I hate, like I
1: hate those brothers, by the way, with a passion. I would, I would <laughs> oh, love yeah. I would love to get in the ring with Jake Paul. I absolutely screw the him. ring. Just Sunday, stick Sunday. in a room. Sunday, Sunday.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. Sports <laughs> analyst Joe Serallo versus Man Child Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Who will win?
1: Screw, screw the ring. Just stick him in a room with Joe and let's see what happens. <laughs> well no, because no, if you do that, then the Italian in me comes out and I have a baseball bat pop out of nowhere. <laughs> but no, I I for your kneecaps, yeah. We, we would need someone to officiate. <laughs> a fight with me and jake paul otherwise it would <laughs> get really ugly i'd break one kneecap with a baseball bat and i'd go dan campbell on the other
2: the inner dan campbell i was just about to bring it up
1: <laughs> uh, four more shots of espresso
2: anybody, oh my god yeah
1: who would you want to say fight actually odell and josh norman that would be amazing that would really be good or or Cortland finnegan and andre johnson
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They had that. They had that. Uh, they got ejected, and Cortland Finnegan
1: was asking for more, but he was kind of he kind of out at the end. Yeah. I mean, he got his ass kicked. Johnson. Yeah, I it You know that that wouldn't be a good fight. Odell and Josh Norman probably would be. I want uh, I want, I want, I want <laughs> Kanye and Drake i was
0: about to, i was literally about to say that i was about to say that um trump versus biden that would actually be oh a- my god no why oh. would
1: you want that do you see the way biden does push-ups he'd kick trump's
0: ass <laughs> why would you want? trump is i think a little bit taller so hey we could use like the weight weight class yeah if you, um, want, to. If you
1: want to get into the meat yeah. and potatoes he has both yeah. of them. so which no, weight i want class, to watch which, which weight class is trump in morbidly obese <laughs>
0: i'm really just out here swinging my my gut around
1: (laughs) he he, he should fight who was it was that um who was the guy that beat anthony joshua the really fat guy ruiz oh ruiz andy ruiz andy ruiz yeah him and trump should fight in the man boob class
0: that would be perfect
1: (laughs) yo andy ruiz kick his ass dude
0: (laughs) uh uh, yeah i would uh oh my god Yeah, I'd love to see Kanye versus Drake. What about Kanye versus Jay-Z? That'd be fun. No, they're friends now. It's got to be someone with like some some real beef attached to it. Some real All right, Madonna attached. versus Lady Gaga.
2: Oh, oh, oh like a like a Mariah Jlo boxing yeah. match, like someone Taylor with Taylor like some Swift real versus cat- Katy Perry? Okay. Yo, B, I'd like to see that. Cardi one. B Nicki Minaj. Yo, oh, like yeah. Marcus real. Morris. Yep. Oh, yeah. The the Jokic Oh, cage fight? The Jokic brothers versus the Morris
0: brothers. WWE Cage fight. Oh my god. That That would be insane. Oh, insane. You get the chairs going.
1: That 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 would
0: be (laughs) insane. Somebody would die.
1: By the way, oh no no doubt about it. Serbians don't don't go until they don't don't listen to officials. When someone dies, that's when the fight stops. (laughs) I
0: did not hear no bell.
2: (laughs) The fact that they made a Twitter just to respond to the morris twins it was so funny to they're, me
1: they're a lot of bark i can't stand <laughs> them uh i will say though gore williams who do you got because williams has the reach advantage but i personally True. think gore packs True. so oh, much frank more gore. power oh, than gore. Frank oh my gore. god i frank just gore. frank I, Gore! a guy with that neck
2: i can't <laughs> i can't go again like if takiyo spikes ever got into the ring i would have to pick him just the ability to have that much neck that and neck take though. a hit and take a hit what and take like I what just, does I that neck do like i feel like it's uh, yeah i don't know i don't know i can't go against it he's just too he's just too beefy
1: yeah williams w- has sick. reach, but gore um has other time the, too. the fast time. twitch I, I mean you know like mm-hmm. his explosivity out of the backfield i think if gore gets williams with body shots that he's just so much stronger than williams that uh You know, Williams might get a couple good licks in with the reach, but I think Gore is just going to work his way inside, be explosive as all hell, and then finish him when he needs to.
2: Gore might just need one. He might just need,
1: like a Tyson type thing. He just might need one. Yeah. Like, if he can get one, like, it might be it. I mean, plus, don't forget, running backs, like, you run, a a guy like Gore, at least, ran with that low center of gravity. So if he can just stay low, stay, like, be a small target, and then explode upwards with a good uppercut.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's
1: done. Yeah. And he can't.
2: Darren Williams can't do the same thing. He has too much a neck, dude. In the neck, I'm telling <laughs> you, it's a factor. He can't do the uppercuts. It won't work. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I, I really agree with you. As funny as it sounds, I totally agree with you.
0: Frank Gore. Frank Gore. Frank, Frank Gore. Frank All
1: right. Well, uh, let's see if we can set these. Uh...
0: Yeah, you know, I do wonder, though, when Jake Paul is going to fight like a legitimate like legitimate somebody but i don't know hey you gotta give him props because he's just he's been winning and he's been winning he, he is losing his brain cells over training like i thought he was done before <laughs> but now listening to him talk he's like I that's how i really uh, i don't <laughs> i don't know if you guys have watched interviews with him but like that that is a house of bricks well um, i
1: i will say i thought woodley won that fight
2: being honest he got, here he kind of got he kind of got but he had he had, a, he had a good couple rounds in that fight
1: yeah, I thought Woodley outboxed him. But isn't he fighting Tyson Fury's brother? Woodley? No, uh Jake no, Paul. No, Jake Paul. Uh oh, oh, uh I can't keep up with all of the
0: But yeah, that's what I'm saying.
2: There's so there's so many been yeah, Tommy Fury, yeah, they're fighting.
1: Is it Jake or Logan who's fighting him? Jake. Yeah, I mean I th- I think he gets his ass kicked right there. <laughs> Fury's an well, actual we'll boxer. See. I mean he's he's not Tyson, but he's an actual boxer. No, that's that's
2: the thing is like we wanted to see these celebrities face an actual boxer. And, you know, they were facing like the the MMA guys trying to box. And usually they pick the guy that the boxing part of the MMA or the boxing part of the UFC is their weakness. Right. So that's what but Mm -hmm. he has nowhere to hide in this one. So if he can win this one, like it's legitimate, like,
0: well, uh, here's a quote from Jake Paul says, uh, quote, that he has tested himself more than Muhammad Ali. Tyson Fury and Floyd Mayweather did in their early careers.
1: He's an asshole. Give me a break. Nice. I'm
2: sorry, Are you I'm kidding sure, me? I'm sure. Are you I'm, kidding me? Sure give me a sure break. Team ten. I'm sure. Team oh, it's not 10 even Tyson Fury. It's Mike
0: Tyson. Yeah. Okay. This. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: No, no, he's not facing Mike Tyson.
0: No, no, he said that he has like tested himself more than Mike Tyson. Oh, did th- more than career. Mike Tyson and yeah, more yeah. than Muhammad Ali and more than Floyd Mayweather. Uh, wow.
2: If, if you've seen Mike Tyson's amateur fights. uh yeah. Yeah. Those, sorry.
0: Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, uh, let us know in the comments below uh, what who you think would win a fight, Shreyas or Joe. Um, <laughs> no, Joe, thank you so much again. It's always a blast when you come on the show. I'm glad you, you were Joe. able to come on, shoot the shit, have a good time, talk about some sports and relax on this Saturday morning. Um, for everybody listening, thank you for being here. If you've made it this far, you are absolutely a real one. Um, you fellas any closing comments no uh, thanks for coming joe uh, we always appreciate
2: having you on and it's always a great time talking to you guys always a blast thanks for having me the chicago bulls
1: suck
0: <laughs> all <laughs> right and on you that been note listen- <laughs> you've been listening to a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports i'm your host max along with Shreyas. and we will see you next time peace